videos we've been watching each week that Brittany found that go perfectly with our scripture lessons and our sermons. And today we are talking about this idea of peace in our last Sunday of Advent. And I use this cliche a lot. I say it as an anecdote. Um, but one of my mentors used to tell me that good music covers up a bad sermon anytime. And so we're set. Doesn't matter what I do now. We had some good music this morning. We continue to. I'm so thankful for our youth worship team. Y'all did such a great job. Y'all give them another round of applause. Y'all are all here to witness the debut. So we're excited for all the things to come. Thank you, Brittany, for developing that group. Will you go with me now to the book of Luke chapter two for the last time in this series, we will hear one more of these original Christmas carols, all right? We're Luke chapter two, starting verses eight through 15. It'll be on the screen. You can read along, you can wash, let it wash over you by closing your eyes. However you wanna consume the word, please do so. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph, and the baby who was lying in the manger. This is the word of God for us, the people of God, and together we say, thanks be to God. So the first week we sat and heard Zechariah's song, a song of hope and anticipation and celebration that came after he lost his voice and regained it with his son John was born. We heard the bravery of Mary, who in the face of great odds could still sing, my soul magnifies the Lord. And last week we heard Simeon say that the Lord had given him rest, fulfilled the promises that were made to Simeon and that he saw his salvation. And this morning we hear from these angels who teach us a very interesting reality. Today on this last Sunday before Christmas, I want us to talk about powerlessness, what it means to be powerless and what it means to bow to a baby. Will you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. We thank you for your word. May it always be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. amen. It is almost here. This is the last Sunday before Christmas. Christmas is days away. And as a child, maybe many of our children here can attest, there's almost nothing more exciting in the entire world than seeing this pink candle lit. To see the last candle on the Advent wreath lit means there are no more Sundays between me and my presence. Amen. I'm still excited about it, I just tell you what. The stockings are all hung by the chimney with care. And if you were like many of us, 
you have been enjoying Christmas movies all throughout the month. Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, It's a Wonderful Life, A Christmas Story, You'll Shoot Your Eye Out, Christmas Vacation, maybe, Die Hard, all the classics. (laughs) But there is one Christmas story that I've heard more than all the others, probably combined. Every year at some point, I hear this Christmas carol, a Christmas carol by Charles Dickens. It's been retold in countless ways. I've seen the play a number of times at the Shakespeare Festival in Montgomery. I've watched the movie, I've read the book. I even remember Scrooge McDuck playing up the story in the 1983 Mickey's Christmas Carol. I didn't see it in 1983, I wasn't born then, but I saw it later on. Boo. If you're a guest, we love each other here. We affirm one another. And there's always been something about this story that has caused me great consternation. This story has a a very problematic piece that causes concern in my soul. It's Ebenezer Scrooge's journey, or Scrooge McDuck, if you will, his journey through Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas yet to come as he journeys with these ghosts and he sees all of his mistakes that he has done, the pain that he has caused that he could fix and the sorrow that is yet to come. Just imagine what it would be to be Ebenezer Scrooge and be watching all of this in third person and having absolutely no power to change anything. To living this experience where you look back on your life and know the pain of what you're about to cause yourself or somebody else and not being able to control it, having to watch it from a distance. Watching in the moment the suffering that you've caused that you could correct if only you had done things differently and you have to watch from a distance being completely powerless. Looking ahead at how sorrowful your life's ending will be and being stuck there, not being able to do anything about it. That powerlessness has haunted me. And I bring up this Christmas carol this morning because I think the idea of being powerless is at the heart of our gospel text. Our story this morning begins with a bunch of shepherds who are living out in the fields because that's what shepherds did. They lived out with their sheep, they slept outside, they gave their time and their lives to caring for their flock So they were outside sleeping and probably hanging out by a fire. And then out of nowhere, all of a sudden, an angel appears to them. We don't know why the angel chose these shepherds. Perhaps it's because King David was a shepherd. But there's no reason given as to why these shepherds were selected. All we know is that this unnamed angel came to them and said, do not be afraid, which is a tall order. Because in the moment, out of nowhere, it says, An angel showed up and all the glory of the Lord shone around him. I don't know what your experiences outside at nighttime in the dark have been, but if I were the shepherds and all of a sudden the glory of the Lord shone around, I would have a hard time not being afraid. But the angel says, do not be afraid because today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. Not just a savior has been born, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, he is the Lord, and this will be a sign that you found him. 
When you go there, you will find a baby in a manger wrapped in cloths. And then out of nowhere, an army of angels shows up. That's what a company of hosts is. It's a military term. A company of heavenly hosts, an army. This army full of angels shows up and they do not attack the shepherds. They're not there to wage war. They're there to sing. An army of angels show up out of nowhere and they spontaneously break into song for our last original Christmas carol. And they say, glory be to God on high and to the earth be peace. Goodwill henceforth from God to man begin and never cease. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. And then they disappear. All of a sudden, they're just gone. They show up. They say, don't be afraid. They sing this song, and then they leave. What would it be like to be the shepherds who just experienced this? They're like, all of a sudden, it's quiet again. You look around at your fellow shepherds, and you're like, what just happened? Was that real? Was this a dream? And I don't know immediately, the text doesn't say what they did immediately, but it does say that they got up and they said, let us go see this baby that has been born. And they made their way to Bethlehem and they say, let us go see what the Lord has told us about. And you know what I find so compelling about this text, about this gospel story? It's not just that there's an army full of angels that showed up and started singing. As I said, these spontaneous songs, all four of them, just remind me of like a Broadway play where you're just talking, talking, all of a sudden music just starts. That's not the most compelling part. It's not even that I'm I'm put off by the fact that they visited some random shepherds for no reason and we have no idea why they picked these people. The thing that I find most compelling about this story is that the angels say that a baby was being born that would bring peace on earth. Is there a bigger oxymoron than baby and peace? (laughs) I mean, come on, which of you parents in here ever thought when your child was born in those first infant days and years said, this is really peaceful? Because that has not been my experience. I mean, my daughter, August, has brought a lot of things into this world. Beauty, love, energy. She's got that knob cranked to 11 every day. We don't know where she gets it from. We're still wondering. But but I've never um, thought in these first 20 months that this baby has brought peace. And it's been ever since the first day she was born. I remember it specifically. It was the evening of March the 25th into the morning evening of March the 24th into the morning of March the 25th when she was finally born. Brianna and I were literally finishing unpacking our house. We had been in Mobile for eight months and we had been doing some renovations and some people had been helping us out. We're so grateful for that. We were finishing up literally that Friday. Everything was finished. We spent that day, Saturday, unpacking, getting everything set up where we want it. And at the end of the day, after a hard day of labor, we had a DiGiorno pizza in the oven. I remember every detail. We went out and we played cornhole in our backyard. About 1045, we lay down for bed and Brianna said, I think my water just broke. And if you've ever seen one of those cartoons where like somebody moves so fast that like smoke is left behind them, that was me getting out of that bed. I'm like, we're up, let's go. And we were about five weeks early, almost six weeks early. And so we had not yet packed a bag. 
So we packed a bag. I texted Robbins and Kathy and Sheila, our other pastors, and said, hey, just heads up, I don't think I'm gonna make it in the morning. I'm gonna be a little bit busy. And wouldn't you know it, we headed to USA, Children's and Women's, and when we got there, waiting for us in the lobby was Nell Sims and Robin Sims, our former senior pastor and his late wife. They prayed with us, they hugged us, they gave us kisses, they sent us on our way. We got checked in, we were getting everything settled and they told us, you know, get rested, it'll be a little bit. They came in to do an ultrasound and it turned out August was breached, she was upside down, which meant that we were gonna have a C-section. And they said, you have some time, it'll be a few hours. They left and immediately somebody else came in and said, actually, we've elevated to high risk, you gotta go right now. And all of a sudden I'm like frantic. I'm like, what does this mean, high risk? What does this mean, go right now? We don't have any time. They literally took Brianna out of the room, didn't get to give her a kiss. I just yelled from like, I love you as I'm trailing behind them. And they told me it'd be okay, you know, we'll, we'll get her set up. They take her back there and I'm, I'm screaming, I love you. And they take through these double doors and a nurse sees I'm pretty panicked as she stays behind and tell me, hey, it's gonna be okay. Look at the epidural, you'll get to go back there. You'll be hanging out with her, it'll be fine. I said, okay, they took her back. And I'm in this hallway all alone, the middle of the night. What seems like for forever goes by and they come back out, the same nurse, she goes, I'm sorry, um, the epidural didn't work. We're gonna have to give her general anesthesia. You're not allowed to be back there. And I'm like, what? And I start tearing up a little bit, she can see it. And I said, well, can I go back there and give her a kiss to tell her I love her? And they say, no, she's already under, I'm sorry. And then I just like lose it, weeping. And the nurse leaves and I'm just like alone in this hallway, unable to do anything but cry and pray. About 45 minutes passes and I don't have my phone to text anybody because the nurse asked, hey, can I take your phone and take some pictures? Not knowing that it was my only lifeline outside of that hallway, I'm like, sure, yeah, that sounds like a great idea in the moment, but not thinking. So then I'm there for 45 minutes, no phone, no clock, no body, no texting, and I'm just like lost. I'm like weeping, losing it. It feels like eternity. This nurse comes out after about 45 minutes and she says, um, August has been born, your daughter has been born, but she's not breathing on her own yet. They're having some issues. I'm like, what does that mean? They say, well, we're gonna have to take her to the NICU. It's like, can I see her? They said, no. So I'm in this hallway all alone again. And then 10 minutes later, they bring August by in this glass case and they let me see her and I don't get to touch her. I, I, I have no control, I cannot help her. I'm powerless and they take her away. And I said, well, how's Brianna doing? What can you tell me? I said, I wish we had some, some communication classes for everybody in this world because I said, how's Brianna doing? And they said, we're still working on her. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> And they say, we'll let you know more. August you know, goes away, I, there I am, again, all alone, middle of the night, weeping. All I can do is pray. I've never experienced powerlessness in the way I did in that moment, in that evening. What is also the greatest day of my life was also the most powerless day of my life. I could do nothing. My wife and my daughter's lives are at risk. They have never been more vulnerable than they were in that moment. And I, as the husband and the father who is supposed to protect and provide, could do absolutely nothing. I was powerless. I had no control. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt 
powerless, like you had no control. It reminds me, you know, we've been spending all this time talking about the original Christmas carols. I've never told you what my favorite Christmas carol is, my actual favorite Christmas carol. It's O Holy Night. And technically, Trey says it's not a Christmas carol, but I tell him he's wrong. And the reason why I love it so much is that there's this, this part that transitions from the verses to the chorus, and it leads into this great crescendo. I mean, you're probably familiar with it, right? It, it goes like this. Well, I think the piano's broken. <laughs> or Justin's not paying attention right now. Hey, Justin, this part's important. It's broken. I'll just sing it. It's all good. They didn't ruin my sermon. (laughs) Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angels' voices. Oh, night divine. Oh, night. When Christ was born, oh, night divine, oh, night, oh, night divine. And it's this transition. That's not the point. That's not the point. But thank you. There's this transition from this melodic, smooth-sounding verse to this power in that bridge, in that chorus. When it hits that minor note and you can feel it, there's a great irony there, actually. The, The melody carries deep power and emotion. It's just dripping with emotion. But the text conveys something completely different. The lyrics of that song, just like our text from the scriptures this morning, are all about relinquishing power and control. Because what does it mean to fall on one's knees? It means submission. It means release. It means humility. It means admitting that there's something greater than we are. It means that we are not in control. It means that we do not always have the answers. It means that we do not always know what's right, that we need help, that we ourselves are not enough, that truly we are powerless because we are on our knees. There's nothing more powerless than to bow on one's knees. But the scriptures take it even further. To make things even more powerless, as if falling on one's knees is not enough, The reality described in O Holy Night and in our gospel lesson is that we are falling on our knees and bowing down to a baby. Think about that. What control does a baby have to fix our problems? Think about any babies you've ever had in your life. How does a baby lead us? How does a baby take our issues? How does a baby serve our needs? How does a baby fill our inadequacies? How does a baby make us whole? How does a baby fix everything. But that is what the angels are telling us. 
The angels are singing a song about a changing world, a changing reality, and the most absurd thing is the most true thing. They're telling us that the most helpless and powerless thing we can do is also the most life-changing and powerful act imaginable. That this baby, this infant, will bring peace on earth. And the most important thing we can do is to give up our control, to give up our power, to relinquish ourselves and wanting to fix everything and fixing our families and fixing ourselves and fixing the situation that we think we can handle everything by ourselves and recognize that a baby was born this day in the town of David. And unto you, a child is born. Now you're well aware that the story of Brianna and August's birth turned out all right. And I learned a very tangible lesson that day, that the most powerless experience of my life produced the most beautiful thing imaginable. And I don't think that that happened. I don't think powerlessness happened so that I would learn that lesson. I think that is God's redemption through that experience. What is the beauty that God wants to bring into your life? What is God calling you to release? What power do you need to let go of and fall on your knees? What are you holding on to that is not allowing you to experience the life-changing power of this baby that is being born as Emmanuel, God with us? May we be a church that is not afraid to give up our power and bow down to a baby. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.